the volume. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Boxing with Chris Mannix is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, welcome back to another episode of Boxing with Chris Mannix, part of the Volume Sports Podcast Network. We are on the road this week. Fresno, California, the site of Mikey Garcia, Sandor Martin. That is a 145-pound catchweight fight that you can see only on DAZN, part of the broadcast team for that fight. Eddie Hearn joins me from here. Eddie, first fight back in the U.S. with Matchroom since the Devin Haney win over Jorge Linares. I talk about his plans for Matchroom in 2022. I ask about the decision to pick up Teofimo Lopez against George Cambosis and where he might be slotting that. We look back on this past weekend, Tyson Fury, incredible win over Deontay Wilder. Did Eddie get a twinge of pain in his stomach knowing that Anthony Joshua was not going to be next? We run down a whole slew of fights that I'm interested in, and Eddie tells me if they are dead or if they are alive. A little bit later on, Mikey Garcia, four-division world champion. He and I discuss why he's taking this fight against Martin, what his plans are for 2022, what the pandemic did to his career. We discussed that. Great talk with Mikey Garcia. As always, best way to support this podcast, subscribe, rate, review, anywhere you can download podcasts. All right, on to the show. All right, Eddie Hearn is here. Matchroom Boxing, Matchroom Boxing USA. I think, I think that's Eddie Hearn. We haven't seen you this side of the pond in a while, Eddie. You were last in the U.S. What, May? Hori Linares, Devin Haney. Devin Haney's big win, and then... 
like the Royal Navy fleeing Yorktown. <laughs> you left these shores <laughs> never to return again. But you are back in Fresno for the Mikey Garcia fight. Welcome back, first of all. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting time. I see a lot of people just assume that, you know, we've decided to focus our attention on the UK market and the zone, but couldn't be further away. You know, obviously we had that period where there was a bit of uncertainty regarding Canelo Alvarez and that kind of puts a bit of a halt to the schedule. Mm -hmm. But we're back now with Mikey Garcia this weekend and, you know, it's no secret, obviously, also announced Demetrius Andre in a quadruple championship world title header. And then all the lightweights mm -hmm. finishing the year on the zone. So I think it's the strongest schedule we've had to close out the year for a long time and looking forward to getting all of those announced. I want to get to those in a second, but I want to ask you, what was it like for you to watch the Fury Wilder fight from the perspective of, you know, you were this close to having AJ Fury done over the summer. AJ loses to Usyk. Fury has a career defining performance in a fight like that. I mean, was there a part of you that kind of, in your stomach, you know, what could have been? No, what... not really, because I don't I don't really have that philosophy on life. Mm. Ultimately, what happened, happened, and it's just, you move on from there. Obviously, AJ lost to Usyk, and that was a big blow. But for this fight, you know, it's one of the first times that I've actually stayed up till 5 o'clock in the morning to watch a fight, mm. and I'm glad I did. And it was it was a great fight for the division. You know, I think that there's no point, you, there's a lot of bitter people in boxing. Oh, I hope that he loses. I hope I, I can't stand in. But at the end of the day, I wanted the Brit to win. And if he can do it in a fight like that, that's going to actually, you know, improve the the hype of boxing, you know, get fans talking again, get fans interested. It's great for the whole sport. It filters through. And it's great for the division as well. Mm. So I take my hat off to both guys. Um, it was like a, it was a wild fight. And, mm. um, you know, it was great for the sport. It doesn't matter how you're involved, whether you're a, you work in the media whether you're a promoter, that benefited all of us. Mm. And, yeah, we know that the undisputed fight right now is not there. Um, but we go again. And, you know, now it throws in other situations. Of course, we know Usyk against AJ rematch. Dillian White is going to get called as the mandatory for Tyson Fury. Mm. That's interesting as well. So loads of action to be had. But the good news is big, great fights are happening for the division. And that's always been the flagship division for, for championship boxing. You have known of Tyson Fury for some time, obviously. Are you surprised that here we are in 2021 and Tyson Fury is not only the number one heavyweight in the world, but he's being mentioned in the conversation of an all-time great? I mean, when you knew, saw what he was five, ten years ago, are you surprised at where he is now? It's very difficult to say any ne anything negative about Tyson Fury at the moment because you just get criticism for being, you know, oh, well, you're just bitter, you're just this. Mm. I do find it strange that... You can continuously climb up a pound-for-pound pound ranking by beating the same person you beat through <laughs> two, two and a half years ago and the only person. Like, you know, you look at the ESPN rankings, Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder, who he just stopped in five rounds, mm. in an absolute war, yet all of a sudden jumps up the pound-for-pound pound rankings. Like, to be a heavyweight great, you have to have a brilliant resume that consistently beats the top heavyweights of your era. Now, don't take nothing away from the performance. The last two performances, I mean, he probably won't be happy with his last performance because he was a bit wild, but he, it was a great fight. But I don't see how you can go down as a generational great without beating what might be perceived to be better fighters in your division mm. than the guy you've beat the last three fights. It's not his fault he's had to fight Wilder the last three fights, but he's fought the same individual in his last three fights. So it's hard to say this is a generational great mm. because he has two good wins or two good fighters 
on his resume. It's Vladimir Klitschko and Deontay Wilder. Mm. I'm not saying the others aren't good, but I'm talking about proper elite top five wins. You know, so I I think he is uh, a generational great heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I do, but I don't think he has the resume to stand up there and say that. Um, but again, if you you know if you start coming out with comments like that, it's, oh, but <laughs> I think if you just have a straight head and say, look, yeah. I think it's difficult to say he's not number one heavyweight on paper right now in the world. I still believe that our guy is the best heavyweight in the world, but right now it's difficult to to convince people otherwise you mentioned your guy anthony joshua a few weeks removed now from his loss to alexander usik um how he was in the aftermath of the ruiz loss versus how he is now how would you compare them well two very different defeats you know firstly the the andy ruiz defeat was kind of humiliating to be honest with you i mean you know, he went down what five times had to keep getting up scrambling up it was a massive heavyweight shock you know, you got one guy. We knew how good Andy Ruiz was, but but mm. from the outside, aesthetically, you get a lot of criticism. Here, he lost on points to a pound for pound great. You know, some call him pound for pound number one. If not, he's definitely pound for pound number two. So it's mm. like it's no, it's no uh, shame, but he's he's probably hurting more now than he was actually after the Ruiz defeat, which was mm. weird because. He really didn't want to experience defeat again, you know. And I think the Rees one was just such a wild moment of madness. This mm. was a bit different. You know, this was, he got it wrong. He knows he got it wrong. And the thing that beats him up the most is he knows he's, he can do so much better. Mm. And I just feel like he feels like he didn't do himself justice that night. Mm. And that's what he's kicking himself on. But as I said to him, you know, you got it wrong. But don't let's not also forget the greatness of Usyk, mm. who, you know, it's another comment where, if you talk about what AJ did wrong, you're not giving Alexander Usyk props. Mm. That was an outstanding performance from Alexander Usyk. So, you know, you, you can never win on what you're saying, but how he feels right now, um, the, the Ruiz thing was just one big massive shock and mm-hmm. it just threw everyone's world upside down. Here's more about, you know, the frustration of losing in, in that kind of way because mm. he, feel, he feels like he didn't do himself justice in there you're in a tough position as a promoter to suggest kind of doing anything differently but it always comes up after a loss does anthony joshua need to make a substantial change whether it's in himself in his team in whatever going into a rematch with alexander Usyk? well he always says that l is for lessons so when you suffer a defeat you have to learn from that defeat mm-hmm. you have to understand why you lost that fight okay you can talk about the greatness of Usyk, but why did you fight that way why did you have the wrong game plan the wrong strategy and you have to look at reasons around you he loves to look deeply into Mm. these kind of things but at the same time you don't want to overcomplicate things to the point of but it's not also chris it's not just oh you need to go on there and be aggressive and stick it on him and just throw Mm. caution to the wind there's there's a there's a that that strategy is not always going to beat with a win with a fighter as good as usik so Mm. he will make changes um, he's here at the moment in the US on a bit of holiday, just getting his thoughts together. You know, he, he likes to speak to people. He likes to get people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows that he's got to be different in the rematch because the same Anthony Joshua with the same strategy and the same performance does not beat Alexander Usyk. Well, and I think we saw too, Eddie, like Tyson Fury fights like a big man. He uses every pound, every inch of his frame to his advantage, whether it's leaning on you or whatever. AJ, for all of his great qualities, 
never really fights like a big man. Kamas fights like a like a middleweight with with while he's he's active, he's looking to throw combinations. Is that something that can change? Needs to yeah, change? I, think, I mean, Chris, to be honest with you, I think part of the frustrating thing was there was part of Anthony Joshua that people told him he couldn't outbox Alexander mm-hmm. Usyk, and he believed he could. Bad, bad move. Yeah, you know, but that's just a little bit of the, um, you know, the, the Guys mindset. Have ego. Guys yeah, have ego. yeah, and yeah. and he feels as though like he's he's such a better all round fighter than he used to be. Mm. It's just that there's a time and a place to fight like that, and that was not the time, in my opinion. So, does he need to be? I, yeah, I think I think maybe he leaned down a little bit too much. Maybe he needs to use his size in that fight. But he's not a guy that's going to slobber all over you and just sort of drain you in in clinches. And but yeah, Fury's very smart. He's been fighting since he was eight years old. You know, he's had probably four, five times as much time in the ring as Anthony Joshua. So, um, but there's a specific style that that Fury fights like. It's very effective for him and. AJ attempted a style that was quite frankly all wrong for for that for that challenge. Okay, so you have decided to pick up the smoldering pile of rubble that is Teofimo Lopez George <laughs> Cambosis, which has been really snake bitten since early this summer when Teofimo tested positive for COVID, rescheduled a handful of times. Tell me why you decided to add that to your schedule before the end of the year. Oh well, many reasons. I mean, one, it's a really good fight. Two, there's been that much publicity about the fight that you know a lot. So of you people, clearly ascribe to the yeah all all publicity is good publicity, yeah, even I if mean, it's not ninety percent. I mean, negative. yeah, but it was negative for other reasons, yeah. not not towards us. It was always a great fight. Tiafimo has always been since that victory over Lomachenko a huge star, mm-hmm. and to add him to the platform, to add him to the schedule, is a massive win. For DAZN, especially when you're talking about ending the year with Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, and Tiafimo Lopez. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the they're three of the four, I'll say princes, because mm-hmm. Kings Fair. is yep. a strong word, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so it's a, it's a great look for us to add that fight. Um, it's not really one, you know, we know he's locked up with top rank. It's not really, oh, you know, we might be able to get a great relationship with Tiafimo Lopez. No, it's just a really good fight that we wanted to add to the schedule. We wanted to add it a year ago or however how long ago that was now mm. and we still want to add it there today um, but with all these things the way that the zone have started to understand boxing and the marketplace more there is a value that is perceived to be there for each individual fight on an individual basis mm. that was the same when we bid for the fight we beat top rank by whatever it was a million dollars or less mm. and then Triller came in and, and doubled everyone's bid mm. that was the wrong amount and and it never happened probably for that reason and when we got presented with the option to do it at our bid mm. we were very happy to do so and and i think it's a tremendous addition to the design schedule mm. and you mentioned Dev, Devin haney will fight around that time or the week before um teofimo do you have an opponent yet for him oh, at this point how difficult, difficult has that oh, been? really difficult because jojo diaz was the guy that was mandated to fight Devin haney we wanted that fight badly mm. he chose to fight um Ryan Garcia, because mm. he felt that was an easier fight. Mm. There's no other way to, mm. you know, you can say, no, he didn't. Well, mm. he did, because the money was the same, mm. ultimately, or would have been the same. So you, you believe you can win that fight more than you believe you can fight the Devin Haney fight. And maybe with the build-up and, you know, the issues that Ryan's had, maybe he's right. Richard Comey was another guy that, that we spoke about. We made huge offers to Richard Comey with Keith Connolly. Mm. Um, he's obviously, looks like he's locked in to fight Vasily Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. There's Maxi Hughes from the UK, who's obviously been on a great run, won the IBO title. It's not the kind of profile fight that perhaps Devin needs at this time, although he had a, a, a great fight coming off Linares. 
then you start looking at the option of do you actually have a fight at 140? Mm. You know, if you can't get the fights that, that get people excited, Devin's more than happy to move to 140 for a fight. You know, whether that's against uh, Zapida, you know, these kind of guys. Um, and I think that it's frustrating, but Devin is coming off a great win against Linares and wants to keep that progression. Mm -hmm. So if you're a top-rated lightweight, put your hand up. And if you're at 140 as well, maybe we'll be seeing you in December. Not that we expected it to happen, but do you snicker at all when Gervonta Davis books a fight right around the same time no, against the... He was always going to fight this year, but I don't see Devin Hay sorry, um, Javonta Davis against Roly Romero yeah. as a as a pay per view. Often. No, I don't either. Yeah. But I think like you know, Devin's going to fight right around that time. Like Devin versus Javonta is a yeah, tremendous yeah, fight. But, but that, like I, I never, I mean, it never would never cross my mind that that fight would happen because I don't no, believe. But they, I don't see why not. I mean, we, I don't. Disagree, we we yeah. saw from Fury against Wilder, although that was a fight where there wasn't really any, any anticipation because people just presumed Fury would win comfortably. Mm -hmm. You've seen when you get it right what things can do for boxing. Even Porter against Crawford. I'm not saying it's Leonard against Hearns, mm -hmm. but it's still a, a good fight between two different promoters. Ryan, um, Devin Haney against Ryan Garcia. Devin Haney against Teofimo Lopez. Devin Haney against Tank. These are all fights that are so easy to make and can, can do so many great things for boxing. Mm -hmm. It's just frustrating that they, you know, but it's the in-house stuff, you know. Why do Roly Romero when you can do Devin Haney? Mm. So, and you made it clear Devin can go fight on Showtime. He can. Well, that was the whole yeah. point. You know, Devin wants to be with us. He wants to be with the zone. Mm. But I've put the position out there where there's no conflict. Like you mm. can Devin, and and still they won't fight him. So it's frustrating. But we need to keep that four ball rolling. Yeah. But they must fight each other in the first quarter, or or before summer of 2022 at the latest. Because they are such good fights. Those four guys yeah. can just... And we can have rematches. I mean, look at Fury Wilder. He had three of them. Trilogies. Trilogies yeah. are great. Exactly. It has happened. All right, I want to run through uh, a few fights. You can tell me if these fights, in your mind, are dead or alive. So okay. this is the easiest way to do this. Kell Brook against Amir Khan. Oh, I'd have to say dead. I mean, dead from me. <laughs> like, I tried to make that fight for about 10 years. And it was so frustrating. Like When they got to a position where they're both basically retired, mm. then they go, all right, we'll do it. And it's like... It used to be about pride and about world championships. Now it's just about how much is it? Just mm. let me know. And listen, it, it's about a, th a quarter of the fight it once was. Mm. People will still tune in. It's still a big fight, but just frustrated. I'm actually talking to Amir about doing the Conor Ben fight. You know, that, that for me, you've got a guy who's coming up against a guy, legend of British mm. boxing, at, you know, who's kind of done. Mm. It's just a great crossroads fight. Can you so make that I, worth as well? Yeah, I believe so. Mm -hmm. I don't think the money is is that different mm -hmm. to the Kell Brook fight uh, because Connor won't be as greedy as, as obviously Kell would, mm -hmm. demands would be mm -hmm. at this stage in his career. So I don't see why we can't make that fight. All right, Chocolatito against Estrada part three. Yeah, it's again, that's a tough one. Kind of like if you miss your slot, you go in. It's a bit like all these aeroplanes waiting mm -hmm. to land. And you're coming into land, and Chocolatito against Estrada was there. Mm -hmm. Actually, supposed to go this weekend, right? And then Chocolatito got COVID. So then, obviously, it's put back. We're looking at December now. Then all of a sudden, in November, December, you've got Ryan, you've got mm -hmm. Devin, you've got Tiafimo added to the schedule. So I really want to do that fight. It's just trying to find a slot mm -hmm. for that fight. So I don't think that fight's dead, but it's just a case of when and where we can place it. I think it's dead for this year, though. I'd like to find a way to do it, but certainly right. January at the latest mm -hmm. would, would be the you know. There's nothing wrong with doing things in January. That gives people something to watch. Yeah, the, it's just those guys, you know, obviously. But, but they yeah, brought in May, yeah. uh, March, sorry. So 
you know, they can they can wait. But you know, it's like I say, once you miss that landing slot, mm. you've got to go and circle again, mm. and that that can be frustrating. All right, my favorite, Demetrius Andrade, Jamal Charlo. <laughs> oh man, I, I can't I can't understand for the life of me why that should be dead. But I don't know. Look, Demetrius, I've got to give my props to Demetrius. Like, it must be incredibly frustrating being Demetrius Andrade. Mm. But still, he's getting himself up for it, getting himself ready. He's got Jason Quigley now coming out. It's a good fight. It's mm. not the Charlo fight, but, you know, he's fighting Liam Williams. He's mm. fighting Jason Quigley. He's fighting all these guys in the top 15. Mm. And at least he's not sitting on the shelf mm. just waiting. He's getting out there and being active and fighting. This so. is, the, I believe, the three-year anniversary of Demetrius winning that title. Mm. I can't fathom that you would have believed back then that he would go three years yeah. without a, a middleweight champion going three years without a significant fight. I know. And I don't know what to do, Chris. You know, it's it's not often I'm lost for ideas or words. Mm. But if the champions won't fight Demetrius Andrade, what, what can you do? We said we'd do it on Fox. We'll do it, you know. I just don't understand how Charlo can't fight Andrade. They're two undefeated American world champions. And I can't even tell you it's close. I can't even tell you there's been one conversation about it. What is all that about? That's so fucking disheartening. You know, and you're you're the guy. You're always championing for us for Demetrius to get a I'm shot. Dying well, I know, hill, I know. I'm dying on this hill. I'm dying on this hill. It's not. By the way, it's not like he's looked unbeatable. No, Liam you know Williams I mean? had a hurt early on. Like if you're watching the Liam Williams fight with Jamal Charlo, you're probably saying that's a that's a payday and a win and a title. But that's what I don't. I mean, maybe you can help me. No, if they announce like Charlo Machek Suletsky or Charlo yeah. against Luis Arias, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. Is what well, I think do. they probably will. I'm gonna do it. All right, Dimitri Bivol. Versus Zerto Ramirez. Um, I've got plans for for Bivol, mm. which don't really include Ramirez, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I think right now, if I'm Dimitri Bivol, I'm saying, well, if Canelo beats Plant, what's the next challenge? Mm. And the next challenge, in my mind, is for him to become undisputed at 175. Mm. So Bivol would be the first stop. So we're looking at a fight between Dimitri Bivol and John Ryder, maybe in the UK, and then I'd like to try and make the fight with him against Canelo Alvarez in May. Mm. Now, we've also got Joshua Boatze and Callum Smith, who looked great last time out. So we've got loads of options for Dimitri Bivol. Gilberto Ramirez is, is a good fight as mm. well. But I think, you know, the plan has got to be keep yourself bubbling mm. for that Canelo Alvarez fight because you need to be available and you need to be ready. To There's a risk to that too, though, right? Canelo could decide to go in a completely different direction and then all of a sudden you're just sitting yep. on the shelf. No, he's been on the shelf for a long time. You'd be fighting Callum Smith. Okay. You'd be fighting Joshua Watsi. Mm. So we would say you got one fight in December or whatever and you're guaranteed to fight in March mm. if you don't get Canelo. Mm. But if you do, congratulations. Mm. And I think I know that Bivol is a, is a is a really in the mind of Canelo Alvarez for the next challenge, which will, will could could be mm. 175 pounds. All right, I know there's positivity here. Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano. Yes, uh, good chats with uh, Nikisa and Jake Paul and, and those guys are most valuable. They they appear to want to make that fight, so do we. We've already spoken to the Garden about doing that fight in April. The Zone approve of that fight in abundance. Mm. I think we can do it. You, you know, think that's a big room headliner at the Garden? It's, it's aggressive mm. to go in the big room, mm-hmm. but why go in a small room? I mean, one thing's for sure. That small room sells out real fast for yep. that fight, right? So yep. if we want to make a statement for women's boxing, you've got the powerhouse of Matrim. Mm. You've got the powerhouse of Jake Paul. You've got the powerhouse of two of the great female pound-for-pound pound fighters of all time. Let's roll the dice. Mm. You know, because if we want to put Brit, uh, women's boxing at the forefront and we want to make a statement, 
you don't make a statement by going in the small hall. Mm. You make a statement going into the big hall. And if it catches fire, if people understand it, if people buy into the hype, which doesn't even need to be there, mm. I think it can it can capture the ab- imagination, and I think it can fill it up. All right, Billy Joe Saunders versus anybody. I mean, I haven't really caught up with Billy mm. to talk boxing or anything since the fight. You know, I think he took defeat quite brutally, like all fighters do. You know, he's not really thinking about boxing. Obviously, he had a bad injury as well. Mm. I think he fights again if the money's right. I don't think he has the desire to go and prove this and prove that and win this and win that. I think he's a prize fighter mm. now. And I think if the right offer comes, I think he fights again. I wouldn't like to see him fight Eubank and not train for it and get beat. You know, mm. he's had a good career and he, he went out and put it on the line against a pound-for-pound pound great. But I'd like to see Billy Joe fight again. It just really comes down to the reasons behind that. What's I think the kind of fight that you think gets him up for it? That's Demetrius Andre. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, I mean, he's, he's one of the guys that will fight yeah, Demetrius. I mean, that has shown he will fight. That's a big fight. Um, you know, obviously you've got Chris Eubank, but that's not for anything, mm-hmm. really. Um, you know, other than that, I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I think it's just for him, show me the right offer and I'll, I'll contemplate fighting. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's nice to, to fight for a little bit more than that. And last one on this list, Canelo, Triple G, Part 3. Well, it's not being discussed, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a natural fight. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, if, if, when Canelo Alvarez becomes undisputed, where do the, does the next challenges come from? Mm-hmm. I think the Charlo fight is quite attractive. The Triple G is the biggest fight out there for Canelo Alvarez still, I think, you know, in, in the world. And that would be coming off a Triple G victory in Japan, which, mm-hmm. you know, would give him and his profile a little kick, which I think is important. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's a there's a you know that fight should be should be uh, mm. looked at mm. quite frankly, but again once that Canelo comes through Caleb Plant, you've got Dmitry Bivol, you've got Gennady Golovkin, you've got you know maybe Charlo, you've got the, plenty of options. And it, oh. it would feel like it's May or bust to me. Like I mean, Golovkin's going to be yeah. forty come May, I believe. He'd have two, potentially two belts. You know, whatever weight you want to contest to that, probably 168. Mm. That doesn't it feel kind of we're well, inching Canelo towards Alvarez, expiration. You know, well, when Canelo Alvarez wins the undisputed, mm. effectively that fight would be for the undisputed world championship, mm. which is a great look mm. for that fight because yeah. it deserves to be, and that that adds another element to mm. that as well. So, um, I think these are all options that will be put in front of Canelo Alvarez post Caleb Plant. Mm. You keep mentioning Caleb Plant. Um, where do you put Plant on the level of Canelo opponents in terms of risk? Is he on a Golovkin level, no. a Danny Jacobs level, a Rocky Fielding level? No. Like, he, he's the same level of risk as the fights he's been fighting lately. Take mm-hmm. Yildirim out of that equation. Mm-hmm. Billy Joe Saunders. He brings something a little bit different. You mm-hmm. know, I think he hits a bit harder than Billy Joe. Um, he moves well, but not as well as Billy Joe, in my opinion. I think Callum Smith, you know, all these guys, they're all champions. So I think you, you never get to see whether they have the ability to move to that level until they get the chance to do it. Mm. Billy couldn't. Callum couldn't. And I don't think Caleb Plant can either. Mm. But he's got his chance to. Mm. Listen, if he goes out there and he is this fighter that no one really perceives him to be at the moment. Listen, he's a world-class fighter, world champion. There's just a difference between that and a pound-for-pound pound great and a pound-for-pound pound number one. What have you thought of the strategy he's employing of pissing Canelo off as best he can? I've it never, clearly I've is never met you know. a more level-headed fighter 
than Canelo Alvarez. Mm. Like the one person that is not going to affect in the slightest is Canelo Alvarez. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It'll give him some spite, mm. which I think is a, actually a bad thing. He would never lose his rag. He would mm. like in a way that would affect his performance. So honestly, completely irrelevant. Brilliant for the fight and the build-up and the pay-per-view numbers mm. and to get Canelo mm. even more up for it if he wasn't already, which he is. But I just, I've never seen him rattled. You know, I remember the stuff, Saunders about the ring and stuff like that and just going to sit down with him and just, I couldn't believe how placid and calm this guy was underneath mm. everything. And mm. he will be super calm going in there against Caleb. He does, Martin. I mean... When Golovkin and Abel Sanchez went after him about the drug stuff before the second fight, it seemed like that fueled something in Canelo to not just win, but beat him down I think, a little. I think he feels that way again about mm. Caleb Plant, but it will never affect the performance. Right. Like, it, it, it might fight him fight better and fight more aggressively, but he's so placid like in, in respect of mm. the game plan, what he needs to do. He's so comfortable in the ring. And that is such a massive advantage over other fighters because when they get in there against Canelo Alvarez, they're frantic and that you know he's so calm and he's always in control of his mind and what he's doing in the ring. Mm. And that's what makes a great fighter as well. And he just he doesn't see any way that he can be beat on mm. November the sixth. Mm-hmm. All right, let me finish with the reason why we're here, Mikey Garcia against Sandro Martin. Mikey is uh four division world champion, but he's gonna be a big favorite mm. when he steps into the ring against Martin. This is, I mean, based on what you've said publicly, this is not the fights, kind of fights you want to be consistently putting on, heavy favorites against underdogs. What's the strategy behind bringing Mikey back for a fight like this, and what are your hopes for a relationship with Mikey Garcia moving forward? I think when you've been out of the ring for, what, you know, over 18 months, Mm. it's difficult to come back. I mean, we were quite close to looking at the Regis Progray fight. I think that fight can be reignited and made for early next year. But I look at Sandor Martin, a guy who has headlined a number of events for us in Spain on the zone. Good fighter, European champion, top 15 with most governing bodies. Mm. Just a standard fight. You know, I think Mikey Garcia is a four-division world champion, a huge star that doesn't have to be in 50-50 wars all the time, especially mm. when he's been out of the ring for a year and a half. So this fight, I wouldn't call it a showcase because I think that's a, a, you know unfair to Sandor Martin, mm. but it's a chance for him to really get rid of the rust and make a statement that he's still there, he's still relevant. This guy's a huge star, mm. you know, and, and by the way, I know Sandor Martin's a huge underdog, but he's really up for this. Like him and his family, they've come here, they, they, they look at Mikey Garcia and they go, you, sometimes you have to convince yourself, don't you, that all the reasons why you might win when you're such a big underdog. And those reasons are, how up for it is Mikey Garcia? Where is he in his career? Is he just fighting for money? Is he rusty? Is it, you know, all these different things. Martin's got good movement. He's actually an intelligent fighter. But again, what we talked about earlier, you're stepping up to a pound-for-pound level. Mm. There's a difference between it being a European champion and a fringe world title contender, which Sandor is, mm. to actually having the ability to go and fight a pound-for-pound great. But see that pound-for-pound great, how great is he right now? How great will he be on Saturday? These are all the questions and hopes that Sandor Martin has. So I think what Mikey Garcia needs is a bit of momentum. You know, I think he needs, like all fighters do coming off the pandemic, to make a statement here and then go into a big fight in January or February. You know, in terms of our relationship with him, I'm easy. You know, I love Mikey Garcia. He's a huge star. It's a, it's a joy to have him on the zone. But he also has the ability. He's on a fight-by-fight deal. Mm-hmm. But that shows you he was on a fight-by-fight deal. 
and he had loads of offers and he wanted to come back to Matrim and design. Mm-hmm. So we have a good reputation here now in the States. Same with Devin. You know, Devin's contract was up. What does he want to do? He wants to stay with Matrim. He mm-hmm. wants to stay with Dazone. So we treat our fight as well. We we never lie to them. We we deliver exactly what we promised. Mm-hmm. And we have a good reputation for doing that. So if we could move forward with Mikey Garcia, but also understand that Sandor Martin is a Matrim fighter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part part of us will, will want him to see to see him perform at the very best level on Saturday. He seems to really want the Regis Progray fight. Mm-hmm. Progray has been publicly telling anyone that will listen he wants the Mikey Garcia fight. What's your level of confidence that the obstacles that stop that fight from happening now can be overcome in the first quarter just, next year? Just money, really. That was mm. the main thing. I mean, both guys wanted quite a lot of money for that fight. I'm not saying it's not worth it, but at the time within the schedule, mm. it wasn't there to be made, especially with Ryan and Devin and, and Tiafimo in, in the wings. Mm-hmm. So that's the main reason why that fight couldn't be made. As you, as you, you know, get a clean piece of paper for 2022 that's a fight that sits right at the forefront of that schedule and says that's a really powerful fight to kick off 2022 Mm -hmm. and if he wins on Saturday we will definitely look at that Mm, no question so for the people wondering what matchroom boxing's US schedule is going to look like in 2022 how would you describe what your plans are for this side of the Atlantic well loads of plans I mean when you look at the way that the schedule is being closed out this year with Mikey Garcia with the four uh, world championship fight, uh, quadruple header with Demetrius, with Devin Haney, with Tiafimo Lopez against George Cambosis. I mean, that's four nights over the space of, what, eight weeks. Mm. And people talk about, you know, the appetite of Matrim and zone in America. More hungry than ever. Mm. And actually in a really good place where we came into this market, Chris, with no brand profile, with no brand recognition. And that goes for zone as well. Mm. And we've built a really solid subscriber base and more importantly the respect of the customers where every seems like every week right now you US fight fans are having to put 70 80 dollars out of your pocket to watch one night of boxing mm. the value on the zone is unprecedented and i think we're in a great place i think we have respect of the boxing community we've got to keep driving a great schedule and and our plans for 2022 listen the most important fight for me is devin haney against ryan garcia mm. in spring it's been we, your most important fight for over yeah, but a year I think now, we get yeah. to a stage now yeah. where everyone kind of admits like that we've got to do that <laughs> fight, or we have to make big fights for the 135 founders. Yeah, um, you know, big heavyweight fights as well. You got Dillian White; he's got a massive fight with Otto Wilding coming up. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised to see him stateside, but he should be getting a shot at Tyson Fury. Where will AJ Usyk be held as well? You know, loads of options for big fights. I think the light heavyweight division is really exciting, really interesting. Julio Cesar Martinez down there is going to move up to Superfly. Him against Estrada is a great fight as well for Mexico and those guys. So, so much to do across so many different divisions. But, you know, the the appetite for Matrim and the zone is bigger than ever for the U.S. market. Well, good to see, Eddie. Glad you uh, found your passport and uh, Cheers, made it to Fresno. It looks, kind of looks like your backyard here. Maybe yeah, yours beautiful. is a little nicer, nicely manicured, <laughs> maybe, in your backyard there. Appreciate it. Cheers. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have 
my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With big fights every week, there's never been a better time to give FanDuel Sportsbook a shot and join the action on FanDuel Fight Nights. Because right now, you can place your first bet risk-free. That's right. You'll get up to $1,000 back if you don't win. FanDuel gives you so many bets to choose from. There are parlays, round props, method of victory bets, and so much more. Stick to this podcast for the best bet bets. I think I said that right. Last week, I gave you Tyson Fury by knockout. I will be giving you more picks as the weeks and months go forward. Offers like this are just one of the many reasons I love betting on FanDuel is the number one rated sportsbook app in America. It's easy to use. There are safe and secure payouts. There are fast payouts, which you know are important. The app, very easy to use. And when you win, you'll get paid in as little as 24 hours. With FanDuel in your corner, you'll always get exclusive odd boosts, great promotions, and so much more to make your FanDuel fight night even more exciting. That's why they're America's number one sports book. Sign up with the promo code BOXING to bet risk-free to up to $1,000 on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. That's promo code BOXING. All right, Mikey Garcia is here for Division World Champion. He returns after 20 months off on Saturday in Fresno against Sando Martin. Uh, Mikey, 20 months is a long time. Does it feel like it's that been that long? Uh feels like it was just yesterday, actually. I mean, uh, I think all of last year and, and, you know, for the most part of this year, you know, has time has flown by so so quickly. You know, it just doesn't seem like it was 20, 20 mm-hmm. months. Um, but I've also been in, in longer layoffs, so <laughs> it's just not, nothing nothing uh, new for, for me. Does it feel similar to that two-and-a-half-year layoff that you had while you were dealing with the contractual stuff with Top Rank? Not really. Uh, this, this doesn't feel nothing like that. Um, back then, it was a lot of, um, uh, 
you know business decisions and and, and you know different uh disputes mm -hmm. and lit litigation that kind of stuff so there was uh more stress the, there was uncertainties it was um you know just a fight it was a legal battle mm -hmm. this time it hasn't been like that i mean all of last year was basically a vacation <laughs> all, all year i mean due to the pandemic everything slowed down everything stopped you didn't see many major fights you didn't see any of the big names fighting for the same reason you know the pandemic really affected everybody and um i was fortunate to have one fight against jesse Vargas uh, right before the pandemic um it started so i was fortunate to have that one fight the rest of the year took the year off you know basically like i said on a big vacation <laughs> this year we started the year trying to secure fights uh, unfortunately, one thing or another, we weren't able to, you know, secure anything until now. Mm -hmm. But we're we're happy that we're back and that we actually got this this done. Talk to me about this year because we're into mid October and this will be your first fight in 2021. Why did it take so long to just get you back in the ring against anyone, much less a top guy? Well, we initially were looking and and trying to secure a fight with Manny Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. Like everybody knows, that was a fight that was a big interest for me. That the you know the negotiations were ongoing but um when it came down to the, the very last bit of it it was just not the right fight not the right deal a lot of questions still to be answered um never able to really propose an official uh contract or an official offer with the right amount of money available with the right amount of details available mm -hmm. um so we kept going back and forth back and forth back and forth and the dates kept changing, you know, from April to May to June to possible July. And then all of a sudden, you know, the announcement that he's fighting. Um, uh, Ugas, yeah. Well, or Spence Ugas, first. Spence yeah, first right. and then Ugas. Yeah. And so, you know, that also kept me from entertaining any other possible fights, mm -hmm. you know, in hopes of landing that fight with Manny. Um, Do you have any regrets about that process? Because... I mean, so many guys over the years, whether it's Amir Khan or... I mean, guys have chased Pacquiao fights, and for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. Do you have any regrets about kind of the process of, of chasing it? Would you have abandoned it earlier, I guess, if you, if you look um, back on it? I mean, there's no regrets, really. It's just the way boxing goes. I mean, you, you, you sometimes have to remember that, you know, in, in boxing, there's business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if the business isn't right for the fighters or for the promoters or the network or whoever, then that fight might not happen. Um, and I've learned that. I've seen it with many other, you know, fighters' careers. Um, there's no regret. That's just the way it is. Um, you take a chance, and, and that's, you know, you bet on yourself. Hopefully you can get those fights. But if not, you move on. And that's why we decided to finally move on and try to secure another fight, and we're here now. Mm -hmm. And you, before you booked this Martin fight, as everybody in boxing knows, there was talk of a pro-grade fight. I think everybody in boxing was excited yeah. about that fight because that's – a huge boxing diehard fight. Two guys yep. at the top, whether it's 140, 147, somewhere in the middle. You've talked about this a little bit, but tell me, from your perspective, why that fight fell apart. The, from my understanding, and speaking with Eddie Hearn and uh, relaying information from DAZN, the amount of time needed to promote that fight was not something that fit the schedule of DAZN and, and Eddie Hearn matchroom. Uh, the budget also, the budget for that fight, you know, is, is a much larger mm -hmm. budget than it is for a fight like, like the Saturday night. So in order to put together that kind of budget, you need more promoting behind it to generate that kind of money. And it's not enough time. This fight was done within like a five-week notice. Uh, 
not enough time. Five weeks is not enough time to promote, to fully promote a big fight like a Progre and, and, and myself would be. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't couldn't get that deal done. Uh, but that is the, the fight that was most interesting to me. And mm-hmm. it was actually talked, uh, it was brought to my attention since like May or June mm-hmm. as a possible, you know, next opponent. But because of the Pacquiao situation, I was still kind of waiting on that. Mm. You know, no regrets. We moved on now from the Pacquiao. Now we're pushing to get something else. Um, Progress was not available because of the business behind it. So we landed on, on Martin. Mm. Is it your understanding that if things go well for you on Saturday, that a fight against Regis can be revisited in the first quarter of next year? I, I believe so. And that's actually what, you know, me and my team have talked about. You know, getting this fight done, um, if everything goes well and I'm not hurt, not injured, um, then push right away to, to try to secure a fight with Regis mm-hmm. Progre. You know, get back into those conversations um, and, and try to get that fight next. You are someone that consistently chases big fights. Like, you don't want soft touches. You don't want tune-up fights. Was it just important for you to get back into the ring, get something going before the end of the year and before eventually moving on to a, a fight against Regis? Yeah, look, I, I honestly, a fight like this that's not title fight, that's not really somebody that's going to help me, you know, uh, position myself for anything much bigger or anything like that, doesn't motivate me. It mm-hmm. doesn't do it for me. It doesn't excite me. Um, and it's just, it's just a fight for me to get back in the ring so that I can, you know, regain some of that, you know, momentum and let it just to let everybody know that I'm still here, that I'm mm-hmm. not gone. You know, just to remind, you know, the, the fans. But uh, a fight like Regis is much more exciting, much more interesting for me. And it does more for my career, even if there is no title at stake. But the name, you know, former world champion like Regis, only one defeat, mm-hmm. you know, and lost to Josh Taylor, you know, who is now the undisputed champion. You know, all that means a lot more and ha- adds more value to my record, you know, versus someone like Martin, who is fairly still unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't take uh, Martin lightly because I know he's going to come – you know, with his very best. I'm going to see the best version of, of Sandro Martin mm-hmm. on Saturday night. This is his biggest opportunity. This is his title fight. You know, I keep telling people this is probably bigger fight for him than if he was fighting for a vacant title mm-hmm. back at home. So I can expect the very best uh, Martin on Saturday night. So I got to take, take care of business first. But, you know, a fight like Regis or a fight, you know, against someone that's that's been there and, and has been a world champion means a lot more to my career. And that's what motivates me. And that's what I really, really want. Has it been challenging to get motivated during this training camp, knowing it wasn't that level of fight that you usually get get up for? Well, it's it's kind of like just uh, a fight for me, you know, just just another fight. Mm-hmm. The motivation is what's next, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I'm not looking, you know, past Martin. I'm not I'm not, you know, overlooking him. But I know that there's much bigger fights, you know, you know, in the near future after after I get past Martin. So that's the motivation. You know, Martin itself, I'm sure he's going to be, you know, bring his very best on Saturday night. And I'll be ready for all that. I have plenty, plenty, you know, to, to give. Um, but the motivation is, you know, the bigger fights in the future. Has anything changed about your mindset from what it was in March of 2020 when the world stopped to where it is now? Or do you think when you think about your career, do you, the rest of your career, do you think the exact same as you did back then? I mean, my plans... Last year, my plans were to fight, you know, two or three times. After that Jesse Vargas fight, we were in, in communication talks about landing a fight with Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. We had put aside a date of July 11th. Everything was looking, you know, in, in that direction. 
Um, then the whole pandemic hit in March and it slowed everything down. It stopped everything and froze everything. Um, then for the rest of the year, there was really no, no opportunity for, for any big fights. Um, no other, you know, fight was, was being, you know, produced. Um, so I, like I said, I just took the day, the, the, the rest of the year off like a vacation. Mm. Um, it's a long vacation, long vacation, <laughs> 10 months, but, um, you know, I wanted to stay active. I wanted to fight. Unfortunately, it just wasn't it wasn't meant to be. Um, and then this year, again, we thought, okay, maybe we can secure that fight with Pacquiao and and then get another fight before the end of the year. That'd mm. be two fights. Get back on track. But it just it just hasn't happened. Mm. Um, no one to blame. I don't blame anybody. I don't blame myself. It's just the way it goes sometimes. Mm. Um, my goal is still to fight the big fights and become world champion. You know, two or three more times. That hasn't changed. Um, it's just going to take a little longer now. This fight, I believe, catch weight of 145. Is yes. that right? Does that, and who knows what a fight against Regis would be. It doesn't really matter to your yeah. point. It's not necessarily going to be for a, a major title. But going to 145, is that about you starting to make your way back down to 140? A little bit. You know, we had asked uh, to do a fight at 147. At least that's what I had asked uh, Eddie Hearn mm. when, when the uh, negotiations were uh, happening. But... I guess Sander Martin being a naturally 140 pounder, he had asked to come down to like 142. Um, we settled on, on 45. I mean, even with the times that I did fight at 47, I never weighed in at 47. I was mm. always under. I was always at 44, 45. But it is in, in in that direction to try to you know get my body you know accustomed to a smaller weight class so I can look at 140 pounds in the very near future. A fight with Regis might be 40 or 47. It doesn't really matter to me what weight class or in the middle somewhere. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter because, you, like you said, it's not it's not going to be for any major title or maybe non-title. But it is in the attempt to come stay closer to 140 where the bigger fights will be mm -hmm. in the near future. At 147, when you beat Vargas, did you prove something to yourself that night? I mean, I already knew I can do it. So I didn't have to prove anything to myself. I mm -hmm. think I just wanted to show everybody else that I still can compete at welterweight against some of the top guys at welterweight. Um, a former world champion like Jesse did that for me, you know, beating him, you know, and, and dropping him, show that I can still carry the power, that I can still hurt my opponents even at the higher weight classes. Um, uh, this this time around, we are fighting at 145, but if something at 147 comes up, then. I'll, I'll take I'll take that opportunity also. Mm. It might be a little more difficult now with all the landscape of the 147 you know division now. Um, but if there's something that you know comes my my direction, I'll, I'll take that opportunity also. It does feel like there's a lot of action though potentially for you at 140 with the guys that are at 140 right now, the guys that are going to be coming up probably in the next years, whether it's Devin Haney or Ryan Garcia, Gervonta, who knows in that bet. Do you see that? I mean. When you look at 140, do you see possibilities? Yes, uh, I see more possibilities now at 140 than I did, yeah. you know, a, a year or two ago. Um, that's why, you know, for the last two fights, I was trying to stay at 147 because mm -hmm. I saw some some big fights there at 47. But the landscape is changing; it's always changing, and I can't sit around trying to fit in where they're already pretty busy. I mean, you mm -hmm. got Sean Porter fighting uh, Crawford. You have Ugas now in uh, this type of tournament elimination thing that they're going to have to do. Mm -hmm. um, Spence is out right now for, for his recovery from that eye injury. So that doesn't leave a whole lot of options you mm -hmm. know, at 47. 
40, however, you got, like you mentioned, the, the names. You know, you got Tank, you got Josh. Now you got Ryan possibly in the near future or Devin Haney. I mean, th these are all huge fights, you know, that can be, you know, orchestrated in the near future. So mm -hmm. that's why 140 seems to be a better fit for me. And also physically in size. I mean, I'm, I'm more, you know, natural size for a 140-pound division than I am for a 47. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, you know, physically the way it should be. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm willing to fight anybody. What matters to you when it comes to these upcoming fights? Is it the size of the fight or a title being on the line? Because sometimes, as with Regis, they won't be. Well, a fight with Regis puts me in a position to challenge for a mm. world title. And that's why that's important. That's an important fight. You know, this fight with Martin just gets me back, lets the world know that I'm still here. Mm. A fight with Regis, you know, and, and a victory over Regis Progray puts me in, 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 in a title contention spot, mm. you know, where I can challenge and earn my shot at a title, you know, at 140. And a victory over, over Tank, is a huge huge mm -hmm. victory a victory over josh taylor would you know be something for the for the record books you know beating an undisputed champion is, is something that doesn't happen very often in, in boxing careers so that would be huge for my career and then after that you can bring on anybody else any of the young up-and-coming fighters that have such a huge following you know they need they're gonna need me at that point mm -hmm. so those are, are big fights it's it's a big fight and world titles everything's important at, at this point um it, it's changed over the years. At one time, the titles didn't mean a whole lot to me, um, but they do. I, I see the importance of that because that, that also leads, adds to my legacy. Mm -hmm. if, if there is no titles, then you know, what can you show for <laughs> Yeah. I would love to see you and Tank. I don't believe there's any chance on God's earth that they will put Tank in with you at this point. I don't know if you believe it, but I don't, I don't see that. I mean, we, we can always uh, you know, just you know, bring it up, bring the conversation, and see what happens. Hey, I, I, I love doing stuff like that. Just, <laughs> I, I can't see it. But you mentioned Josh Taylor, and, you know, you've had a, a acrimonious relationship with Top Rank in the past. It's, you've had some battles with them. Um, whether it's Josh Taylor, Teofimo Lopez, a handful of others that in and around that weight class, those are big names there that you'd probably have your eye on. How do you feel about potentially working with Top Rank in the future? Well, I mean, I've always said I'm willing to work with anybody that's fair. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a falling out years ago um, due to just business. Mm. And um, if, if there's an opportunity to get back, you know, working together for specific fights that make sense for myself and for my opponent and for the world, I think everybody should be able to, you know, put their differences aside. Uh, we've seen it, you know, most recent with the, the Fury and Wilder fights, you know, for years, they were not working together. PBC was not working with Top Rank. They kept going at each other, uh, and now they did the biggest, you know, trilogy in in, in heavyweight history. Mm -hmm. And now they're also doing Crawford and and Sean Porter. So there is opportunity to work with each other. You know, when the fight is such, you know, so big, there shouldn't be a reason why not. Mm -hmm. You know, especially the fighters demand that fight. The promoter shouldn't be the one to 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 you know put a stop to it um i think we can get those fights done fight with with uh, lopez with josh i think we can get them done it's at the end of the day it's just a business decision you know business matter and 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 working a deal that works well for everybody and, and even if the fights are not huge nobody cares how the sausage is made fans don't <laughs> fans don't care about how top ranks works with pbc networks so they just want to see like we saw this past weekend they just want to I mean, see the fight i mean that was such an yeah. incredible event you know watching yep. those two guys just whack away at each other for back and forth action and uh, at one time, you thought Fury 
was was winning and another time you thought wilder was about to win and then back and forth i mean it was a seesaw you know it, it was just a tremendous fight and we would be you know missing out on that if the promoters yeah. were the ones to be you know holding out so <laughs> we're, we're we're fortunate that they were able to do that you know fight and and that it worked out what would your advice be to deontay wilder as he tries to come back oh i mean he, he still has a a, a big future i mm -hmm. mean you know a loss to to a better man is, is not the end of your career uh you know take some time off you know let your body rest and heal um come back take a couple of fights to get back in in, in the in the rhythm and, and that's it i mean i i still see big fights for him big mm -hmm. opportunities i mean he can come back fight some other guys that uh you know who are in the top 10 and then move his way up to fighting guys you know like like the andy uh, Ruiz, maybe Josh, uh, Anthony Joshua. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's other guys, you know, that that he can get back in there and are still huge fights, mega fights. Um, even if there is no title at stake, there's still big events, and eventually maybe try to secure a, another fight mm -hmm. with another champion. Like, you know, Uzik just became champion. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, those are huge, uh, huge fights that he still has a, a big future in front of him. Uh, you know, it's it's. I don't know anything about boxing training, but I saw a lot of videos of Deontay lifting weights, not a lot of videos of him running in the hills. And then I saw a guy on fight night that was exhausted yeah. after the third round. I mean, how important is road work and, and for stamina in situations like that? Yeah, it's, it's very important to, to do, you know, your, your road work. Um, you got to have your, your endurance, your stamina. Uh, I can give an opinion because I didn't see his training mm -hmm. camp. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really see what he was doing or was he wasn't doing. Mm -hmm. Packed on um, the weight, though, and went up to 238. Yeah, he, he did was... pack some weight, um, and maybe maybe that was muscle weight mm -hmm. that he added. But, um, you know, I, I can't I can't give a, a better assessment because I didn't see the whole training camp. Mm -hmm. But it is very important as a fighter to have your, your, your conditioning, your endurance, you know, your ro road work fights. You're fighting 12 rounds, mm -hmm. and you don't want to gas out in four. Mm -hmm. You know, it, no matter how how skilled you are or, you know, what your talent is, if you're tired, you know, you ain't worth anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're slow, you're sluggish, you're weak, you don't have no more power. Once you're tired, you're you're done. Mm -hmm. It did seem like he, he, mu he might have, um, you know, ran out of gas a little bit there, but, you know, he showed a lot of heart. You know, no one can deny that. And I think that's what kept him going. Mm -hmm. It was just that heart that kept him alive. Because you can see that he didn't have the legs anymore. His hands were very low. He was he was pretty tired. Even in the corner, you can see that he was with his face down a lot of the times. He 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 was just you know probably tired. But I mean that's also a learning experience. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if he didn't do any of the road work or the necessary wor road work, I mean he he should learn from that and and use that for his next time around. So last thing for you, um, as you look at this fight on Saturday, are you? Is it because you've been off for so long? Is this the kind of fight you want to get some rounds in and kind of shake off some of that that rust that might be there, or you know, if there's an opportunity to get out of here as fast as possible? How do you approach it? You know, I'm I'm here to win the fight. At, you know, no matter how that you know comes, if it's an early knockout, I'm taking it. If mm -hmm. I see an opportunity to get them out quick, I'm a I'm gonna do it. Mm -hmm. If I if I get a couple rounds in, you know, and I feel comfortable getting some work, getting some rounds. You know, not that I'm gonna be taking it easy, but if I if I feel comfortable winning a decision, you know, then I'm gonna take a decision. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not here to risk a, a loss, you know, just to try to impress, you know, anybody either. I'm here to win the fight. That's what's most important. Uh, I never chase a knockout. 
you know, I never try to, you know, do that. But if the opportunity presents itself, then definitely, you know, mm-hmm. taking taking care of business. Um, I I just want to make sure I win and that I look good doing it. I don't believe in ring rust. I've I've had longer layoffs. Mm-hmm. Came back without a problem. I don't think I don't think ring rust exists. Not not when you're training, you know, for for this whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, this this whole year I've been I've been in the gym since January. I've been training. I've been sparring. I've been running. You know, I've been I've been getting in shape this whole year. So there is no ring rust. I don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. You know, even the two year two two and a half year layoff that I had, I came back without a without a hiccup. I, mm-hmm. I was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got to get business. Uh, you know, business done. Win my fight. And, and move on to something much bigger in the near future. He looks like an aggressive guy. Watching his, at least the last fight that I watched this morning, um, his, he comes at you, turns to maybe bully a little bit in the ring. Yeah, he, he, he has a good style. Um, he's a southpaw, mm-hmm. which is always a little challenging. Just fighting a southpaw presents a challenge right there. It can complicate things because of the stance. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's a right-hand fighter will tell you the same thing. You know, fighting a southpaw is always a little trickier. Mm-hmm. Um, he does fight, you know, in front of you. But he can also move. He can also move head movement. He's got a good jab, uh, good left hand, straight left hand. So I mean, he he's he's a pretty well-rounded fighter. But it's nothing that I haven't seen already. Mm-hmm. I've faced a few southpaws in my career, and um, I've you know sparred with many you know other southpaws. So it's nothing that I haven't seen, and nothing mm-hmm. that that can potentially surprise me. I don't see anything like that from Martin. But I still got to be, you know, aware that he is going to try to knock me out. He is going to try to beat me up. You know, he is going to try his, you know, hardest to, to mm-hmm. win this fight. So I got to be, make, I got to make sure that I'm on my A game on mm-hmm. Saturday night. No question. Mikey, good to have you back, man. Hope this is the start of uh, an active run for you yeah. the next 12 months. Thanks Thank for joining you, I appreciate it. Thanks. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Eddie Hearn and Mikey Garcia for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And we will see you next week with Sergio Mora. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.